2: I'm U.S. Senator Debbie Stabenow, and I'm listening to The Tom Sumner Show.
4: Hey, good morning, everybody. Welcome to the show. I'm Tom Sumner, and uh, we got an interesting show in store uh, today. Coming up uh, in the third half of our three-hour tour, the author of a, uh, a new book, Uh, A gripping tale of triumph, tragedy, unparalleled airmanship, and incredibly brave people from all walks of life, which uh, the author pieced together from a story long-hitted because of uh, Cold War politics. Um, The author is Eric Lindner. The book is Tiger in the Sea, The Ditching of Flying Tiger 923, and the Desperate Struggle for Survival. That's coming up in the third half of our three-hour tour. In the middle, we're going to talk with um, Kenny Down, who has written a book called *The Mirror, the Window, and the Wall: The Life-Changing Power of Finding Your True Self*. But this first hour, we're going to get uh, we're going to be double busy. We're going to talk uh, coming up in just a few minutes with um, Carolina Ugas Morán, who is uh, an award-winning author. And she has a book series that's just gotten underway, promises to be seven books. And, uh, well, it hasn't just gotten underway. It's been out for a little while, but they're, uh, um, because of COVID, they're, they're kind of relaunching it. It's uh, called Aline and the Blue Bottle, and it's available in paperback, and uh, we're going to talk with her. We're also going to talk... Um, and get a recap of the uh, uh, essay contest ceremony and uh, the legislative tribute to the winners of that. From Genesee Health Plan, Yvonne Lewis will be joining me coming up in uh, the third segment uh, of this first hour. She's going to call in and tell us uh, about the the winners of their annual essay contest with... uh, that they do with Sova Sovita Credit Union and uh, some state state representatives who participated in a uh, a special program held uh, just this past uh, Friday, I believe. Anyway, um, lots of cool stuff coming up on the uh, on the big program. We have uh, just just a couple of minutes uh, left before uh, before I get into my conversation. With uh, Carolina, um, but something something's been bugging me for a couple of days. I saw a post on Facebook over the weekend that seemed to hint that uh, Terry Bankard, who has been on this show many times, has been a participant on Armchair Politics, and um, in fact, he he was with the group that got together and read the Flint City Charter out loud, which is now available. On a three CD set, it's it's literally the entire New Flint City Charter, um, but it indicated that he had passed away, and I haven't seen any local media uh, confirmation of that. None of the TV stations or M Live, and and I'm reluctant to to do a tribute. Um, I, I don't want to get into one of those situations where you know everybody starts eulogizing Terry and then Terry pops up and fa- on Facebook and says I'm feeling much better now. Um, but if you have any information, please send me a, an email or a note on Facebook or something, and and let me know. I'm I'm very curious about this, and and I'm. Uh, Terry, as, as many of you may know, is a Flint attorney, but he served as a Flint City clerk, and he was also the Flint City ombudsman. He's been um, involved in a lot of political activities in and around the city of Flint, including uh, participating on many occasions when called um, for this show. And uh, so I'm I'm curious if he's in ill health. I wish him well. If he has passed on, I wish him peace. But uh, but I'd like to know for sure before doing too much more. And speaking of armchair politics, author Seth uh, David Radwell will be joining the roundtable tomorrow. Our roundtable regulars, of course, Paul Rosicki and uh, Henry Hatter. And we're also going to talk uh, with the um, Former finance minister of El Salvador, who has uh, written a new book. His name is uh, Manuel Hines, and he's uh, written a book called In Defense of Liberal Democracy, What We Need to Do to Heal a Divided America. So be sure and tune in for that. Former minister of finance to the government of El Salvador and author, uh, economist Manuel heinz will be kicking things off tomorrow on the show. And, of course, it's Wednesday, which means two hours of commentary and analysis uh, at the roundtable we call Armchair Politics. Anyway, let's get on with the show. Uh, thanks for tuning in. I hope you uh, enjoy all of these interesting people. And welcome back, everybody. This is the Tom Sumner program. We're going to talk with the author of uh, a series of books that began in uh, October of 2019, "Aline and the Blue Bottle," and uh, the author is uh, Carolina Ugas Moran, and she joins me by phone. Carolina, welcome to the show.
2: Thank you so much, Tom. It's a pleasure to be here.
4: I, I want to talk to you about this this book because it came out in October of 2019. It's the first book in a planned series. Mm-hmm. And it was just a few months after that that the pandemic kicked in. Did that did that kind of upset your plans for promoting and and uh releasing other books in the series? Yeah,
2: it uh, absolutely did and and it also um Allow me, I guess, to think in different ways on how to promote the book and and move things forward. But in terms of timelines, it absolutely did. Um, I was hoping to have book two out in 2020, and um, it pushed my writing to this year. So the book, the second book, which is Alina, the Queen of the Crones, will be out in February of next year. So it it impacted me, but it also helped me to figure out. Right, like everybody else, we have an issue, and how do we make the best of it, and how we create workarounds, and um, you know, push forward.
4: Now, in this in this first book, and this is kind of fascinating, and I do want to point out that the series is um, sort of targeted at um, middle grade readers, um, mm-hmm. but the the story revolves around a twelve year old Aileen. Who finds out that she has magical powers? How did she get to be twelve without stumbling onto her magical powers?
2: That's a great question, and I, I was wondering what is that sweet spot for for kids to find, you know, to have the maturity to manage the maturity to manage um, such wonderful news, but also, you know, the the, the innocence and the freshness and, you know, the, I think, audacity that kids have to to be able to move this forward with the eyes that I think majority of adults should see the world sometimes. So that's a combination of why 12 for me was a great, great age.
4: Now with this... Um there are going to be, am I right, There, there's going to be seven books in the series? Correct. See, I always wonder with writers if, if they start out planning a series or they get to the end of the first book and think, wait, there's more. <laughs>
2: That's a good question. I don't know, um, I cannot speak for every author, but I can tell you at least how my story started and I had an amazing dream that led to a series of dreams, and I spoke to my husband and my mother about it, and the more I talked about it, the more dreams I had, and I saw all these dreams together, and this was back in 2003, and I put a story, and uh, uh, I created or wrote the outline for six books, and I started writing them, and, and in 2015, so many years later, I actually went on a business trip that was uh, longer than thirty days. It was the first time I was going to be away from my two daughters and my husband for that long time, for for such an um, away from the country, away from them, but for that amount of time. And we have a tradition that we, my husband and I, instead of reading bedtime stories, we create with our daughters bedtime stories. So I decided to create for them a thirty-plus bedtime story, and they were so thrilled by this and so excited and the emotion that this created in them made me really think about the story that I put together and when I really examined it I realized that it was something I was missing in my original six book series that I didn't know I was missing and so I had to recreate the whole thing and hence uh, that's why my, my seven book series came about from that experience um, but it it fulfilled a piece that I said that I think my daughters are my best editors and critics that when they <laughs> we read this whole seven series idea, they absolutely loved it. So that for me was like, okay, I'm moving in the right path. So it took me longer to put the whole thing back again. But to answer your question in a short way or where, where about it is, yes, I plan the whole series i know everything that's going to happen all the way to the end i know side stories three stories so i have the whole thing mapped in my head i just need to put it on paper and get all the books out
4: and aline and the blue bottle uh, from october of 2019 is the first in the series
2: is, mm-hmm,
4: is, is that your first book
2: that is my first book that i have um published and and Turn it out to the world to see if they like it and see how it goes. But I have been writing for a long time.
4: Well that's what I was gonna ask you is how you got started writing and if you mm-hmm. had stuff before this this series.
2: Nothing out published, but I have been writing since I was since I could. I, I think my first poem that was recognized in school was when i was eight years old and um it it actually when I, i moved a lot from country to country and when i went to another country that poem allowed me to get into one of the schools in a different country and i found the impact of writing what can it do um how can it move people and um i found on me, I never saw. I never thought that I could have an impact on anyone else, and so kind of put the two together at that young age. By the time I was probably eleven or twelve, and realized that if I could, if I could have someone feel the way I felt um, by reading amazing books and stories, that would be fantastic. That would be a great achievement. And so, without knowing, I sort of set a goal. It wasn't written down. It wasn't planned. It was just a feel. A feeling and I went with it and I never stopped writing I always wrote poems and short stories in college I went to school for science but I also major in creative writing I just always found it um they had no boundaries and I love that I love pushing the limit of what we can create and what we can feel and what we can achieve through creative writing
4: More with the author of a middle-grade fantasy series, Adventures of Aline*, Carolina Ugaz Moran. Hello out there, everybody. It's me, Tigger. ti double gur That spells Tigger. And don't forget to remember to listen to Tom Sumner's program
0: on account of because he's so bouncy.
6: where the fresh fruits and vegetables at the downtown farmer's market awaken our senses, and where the cultural center and planetarium broaden our view of the world. Let's spend a few days enjoying the wonders of Flint and Genesee County, where the joy of discovery is pure Michigan. Your trip begins at michigan.org. This is Congressman Dan Kildy, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program.
4: More with the author of a middle-grade fantasy series, Adventures of Aline, Carolina Ugas Moran, straight ahead. The whole series, uh, Adventures of Aline, middle-grade fantasy series, starts with Aline and the Blue Bottle. And you have, uh, obviously, six more books planned. Um is there a timeline for for writing and releasing the books? Are you able to write full time? How, how do you how do you churn one of these out now? Especially <laughs> well, now that you've got one out in print.
2: Yes, exactly. So I my plan was to write one every year. And of course, COVID through a wrench on many things and one of them was my timeline i had to focus on my work and you know my family so that really um changed that but the intent is to write one book per year or if i can more but at least that's that's what i want to shoot for so every year there should be a book coming out uh from the series of lean
4: and one of the um i mean some of the features in the book um in this first book include um well, for one, strong female characters, but fantastical <laughs> creatures, detailed map illustrations. Um, are, are you virtually creating Aline's world?
2: Yes, it, I mean when when I my my dreams were so vivid that I wanted to. Mm, put that in paper as much as I could. So I started, I'm very good at doing PowerPoint from work. (laughs) So I started (laughs) creating all of that in PowerPoint, and I still have them, and I work with, I cannot draw, that's one thing about me. So I work with illustrators who can make my PowerPoints into um, very intricate and interesting maps. And I'm very much influenced by Tolkien and, uh, you know, the the many adventures that they had in there. So I kind of wanted to reach something like that, but unique to the adventures of a Lean series. So yeah, I I wanted to get all the characters, the colors, the senses, activate all senses as much as I can through paper um, and be able to put those you know, out for folks to reach out. So I'm working on, the covers were very important for me. Um, cover two is almost done for Aline and the Queen of the Crones. And I'm actually working with an illustrator right now that is bringing these characters to life. So she's um, putting together Aline herself, to, you know, so people can see what she looks like as well as one of the crones. And um, I will start building more characters and bringing this into the book and um, the website and things like that, so folks can get a sense of what they look like.
4: So there are illustrations more than just the maps? Yes, there will be more in Book
2: 2 than in Book 1, but yes, they are, that's the intent to build more illustrations um, so so people can see so people can picture, so the readers can, you know, imagine what that will look like as they're reading the book. That's sort of the intent. Um, some of these characters are new. The crones are brand new magical creatures that I put together. So even though I can describe, I, I, I do describe them in the book, I would like to put a painting or a picture to that. So then it can help folks, let a little sneak peek into my brain of what I think these creatures <laughs> could look like
4: with uh when you create a world with magic and and fairies and wizards and fantastical creatures are there do you have to establish rules of what can be done and what can't be done to make it believable
2: that is a yes and no um And it is the reason why I say yes and no is because for me, I wanted to create a world or worlds where the rules are not set in stone. And if we set rules, we limit ourselves. And that's something that it's in not only in the magic and the magical powers and the energy around these creatures, but also in, in society and their decisions that they make as different clans and different tribes in their own society as well. So I, I wanted to be a bit of a rule breaker in order for us to have further, achieve, I guess, further goals that we didn't know we could um, by this limit. So I wanted to break free from the rules that we have as humans.
4: Of course, um, but I just wonder if... if The characters can do whatever they want how do you how do you create tension and frustration and Mm -hmm. and uh, build up suspense
2: yeah I think that's that's um, for me an area where I, I try to build suspense so for the kids it's limited by their age for instance or limited by their um, exposure and experience, so that's one area where I can build suspense. They cannot achieve things that are beyond um, what their creatures normally do, so a uh, wizard cannot have the same powers as an elf can, right? so they cannot cross over, so the rules based on on who they are and what they're able to achieve, but anything else, I took it as their gain, so they can push their boundaries within their area I think for aline is interesting because she is filled with surprises so um, it's just she has to figure out what her limits are and how can she push those li- push those limits as well so it's slightly way slightly a different way of putting tension is by understanding where their limits are as you know within their as I mentioned within their um, Race or their tribe, that's one way I can create tension. Another way that I do create tension, as I mentioned as well with Aline, is if it's something different, can they figure out what those limits are and then go against that? So there's, a, in essence, a surprise, too, with the, with the tension.
4: Well, it's interesting in Aline's story because she starts out not knowing she has these powers, and then she finds out she has the powers but then she needs training on, on and needs to learn what she can do um, in order to face a, a devious wizard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely.
2: And I, I wanted to start with having the regular—not regular—the most kids have issues in terms of um, what I was trying to say with regular. I wanted to have a lean to to be in a place in, in the human world where she is trying to solve a problem. And as soon as she solves it, and it's very mundane, it's very typical, and then all of a sudden she's encountered with this problem, and as soon as she solves this, she's whisked away and goes into another world of what she was wishing for. She wished that things were not always boring and that things were exciting in her world. And as soon as she got what she wished for, um it made her question this it made her be excited about it and thrilled but at the same time well now there's this (laughs) warlock it's after me i'm not sure if i like i don't know if the grass does look greener on the other side type of situation so i did wanted her to um learn about her powers and have training and experience a different set of education in another world. Like, what would this be if you go to a a magical world and all of a sudden you have to learn about this, but not in a school setting? Um, Having nature itself or having um, elders teach you by experience and you still achieve everything that you need to in order to grow and survive. So I wanted to whisk her away and put her in this situation and see what a 12-year-old would do. What, what
4: What would they ask? right <laughs> before she before she uh can locate the blue bottle and and beat the wizard to it, um, she learns about her her magical powers. Did she know that there were eight different worlds that she would end up defending
2: no she she did not know anything she had no idea. She knew that her mother and her grandmother and, and her life was a little bit quirky. It didn't fit the, the regular, um, what society would expect, uh, you know, mothers and grandmothers to say or do or behave. There was something off, but she can never put her finger on it. So much less because she thinks there was magical worlds or even multiple worlds. Um, so for her, this, was, this all came as a surprise and um, brand
4: new and the powers that she has um she has two uh, there are two fairy sisters who train mm-hmm. her in what she can do um is the way that she exacts her powers uh in defense of of whatever um is is it something she has to conjure up? I guess I'm going back to that question of how did she get to be 12 and that trip over her magical powers?
2: Yeah, I think that um, she is, again, in that stage where the the innocence in a 12-year-old, which is different from anything, anyone, in my opinion, as you grow older, you're you're... Age limits your imagination sometimes or your hope of fantastical things. Maybe that's a better way to put it. Age may limit your hope of fantastical things uh, to stumble in your path. And so a 12-year-old, she's acceptance of this. And not only that, she welcomes it and she's excited about it. She's concerned with the things that come with it, but she's open to that. And because of that innocence and that... um, openness, she's able to learn without questioning the logic of it, without having to have a PhD in physics and say, wait, hold on, this can't work. <laughs> there's, there's no, you know, um, there's no rules in here. or There are no rules in here, but there they are. And she has to learn those new rules. But she comes in with a clean slate. She comes in without rules because it's all new. So she has to stumble against these rules to learn what she can or cannot do. And at the same time, because she doesn't have them, she's able to push what the creatures in those worlds fall or follow, because she, she doesn't have one way or the other that push her, question her, move. So and, that's the beauty of her age and, and where she comes
4: from. And there are eight different worlds that she's defending. Um, all in this in this first book, or do the worlds present themselves in different uh, Aline adventures going forward?
2: Yeah, the different... So she's in one world, which I call the new world, and she's focusing on this, um, in this place, and everything happens, and then, then there's a map that illustrates the new world, and that's, this is where all of her adventures, or majority of her adventures, will take place. Now, as the books evolve you will get to see not just the human world where she's coming from and the new world, but you will get to see other worlds as well. Right now she's in this world. Now Dashok, who's a warlock, he wants all. He wants everything. And so whatever he does and whatever Aline tries to prevent him from doing inadvertently supports the existence and the powers within all eight worlds.
4: And it's it's her job to protect the the multiverse, if you will, from this ruthless villain. But is are the characters that are introduced in this first book, The Blue Bottle, mm-hmm. um, do they reoccur throughout the series, or are there many new and strange characters Characters and creatures, uh, as as the various books unfold.
2: Yeah, there there um, there's a little bit of both. You're going to have the same characters that are going to come in her life and her friends, her two best friends, which are the selves, the two selves that help her, and and she befriends almost immediately. Will be Aline's right and left hands. Through, through thick and thin, uh, through all the stories. So you're going to expect to see them, and many of the characters in the first book will be repeated as well in all the books. But I want to introduce new creatures and new characters as the books um, go in. it's very much trying to reflect how our lives work. You always have sort of your nucleus of your family and friends. But so you as you experience the world, you get to n- meet new people, and some of them are acquaintances, That come and go and some of them are um, but they have an importance there's a reason why they're there in her life and some of them are uh, folks who will stay and will become part of her nucleus in her circles so the intent is to show new characters but keep keep her stability within her friends and and family
4: this first book um, starts out uh, somewhat with a, a Halloween birthday party and Aline has always had trouble fitting in, and she's starting to make friends. Does she go to school and, and interact with kids that don't have powers, that don't visit these other worlds?
2: Yes. Everything about Aline in the human world is like is exactly as it would be for any kid in the human world. She, at as, as first glance, just looks like every girl. It's just that she's a little bit taller. She's a lot taller, actually, and um, becomes Issypikins for some of the kids in school. Um, and, and because of the layers that are within the lean of, of her family and sort of the quirkiness that they have, she also lets herself become pekins to be um, bullied. But she is, everything around her in the human world is as any kid would go to any school. Um, so status quo from a human perspective
4: and then how how does it come to be that she leaves that world for these other worlds and and starts using her magic powers to um, defend against those that would do harm um, is it is is she called upon how uh, does she i don't know does she have spidey senses <laughs> you know how, how <laughs> How how does she know, oh, it's time to go on an adventure?
2: When you're saying the spidey senses, I was thinking there's a shift in the force, <laughs> and she has to go. But um, the the age is what makes without giving too much of the book away, of course, but the age is a big deal. As soon as she becomes 12, there is a change that um, now she has to leave because danger is upon her. She has to flee to the magical world, so all of the... The um, secrets that she didn't know were around her become very apparent because of this in- immediate reason that she has to leave. And you, as you get to read the book, you'll find out why she has to leave, but there is a danger, and that danger is bigger than still keeping the secrets that are ours.
4: Now response to this first book has, uh, has been pretty good. Um, you've won a number of awards how do, how does do you get a chance to interact and and talk with people who've read the book and and get their reactions
2: i do it has been it has been quite a wonderful ride uh, to be honest i was not expecting to get so many awards from you know the new york book awards i i, I was a winner and i got distinguished credible and honorable mentions in different in different um in different areas, and I, I was excited and thrilled and completely surprised to, to receive and, and very humbled all of these awards. And to hear the feedback that I have, um, folks reach out to my website and my social media um, that I didn't even know, and, and they're such so supportive and so wonderful. I have, I'm lucky, and I'm, ex- I'm very happy to receive the feedback that I have. So I, I cannot thank... Um, enough. The people who have, you know, showered me with wonderful words of encouragement and support.
4: Now it sounds like the adventures of Aline are very visual. As you describe them, they're they're almost as if you've pictured these stories play out and and then translated them to to language and. And put them together in in what will be a, a series of seven books. But would you like to see these adapted to film or animation? Oh, I would love to. That would be
2: wonderful. If I, I think I believe that every author' dream would be to to have you know their work. Maybe not every author, but I imagine that there would be to have their work. Um, Become real in a in a picture, but what I strive for for was to relieve that moment when when I lived in South America. My my mother translated many books for us, and I would normally read just the regular you know books of almost like very similar to my lifestyle or close to my or as close to real time, and that switch to fantasy where I actually was able to picture what my mother was translating in my mind was so huge and it was bigger than, than any movie that came out at that time I wish I could give that that if feeling and those visuals to at least one person and I think that I will consider myself like yes I can check that box and I made I, I was Able to provide somebody these fantastic feelings Um, if a picture and a movie can do that as well then I can check that box too and say I can reach more people and they can get this amazing feeling especially with everything that's going on in the world of joy and happiness and and inclusion being able to include one another regardless of where we come from and and be celebrating our celebrating our differences Um, I would love for that to happen. That would be fantastic.
4: Well, I think you're off to a great start, uh, Carolina. And um, now we're almost out of time, but I always want to give guests an opportunity to let listeners know where they can find out more about the book and the upcoming books and your work, past, present, and future. Do you have a website?
2: I do have a website, it's www.adventuresofaline.com, Aline spell, is spelled A-L-I-N-E. You can go to my website, you can find my books there, you can reach out to me and ask me any questions. I, I do use Quechua language, which is the Inca language, to to write the names and, and the spells, so if you want to know how to pronounce any of these, you can reach out, that seems to be a big popular question. Um, you can also find my book in Amazon. Aline and the Blue Bottle, or um, you can find this as well in Walmart and Target online. If you go to the online website, my, books are, my book is sold there.
4: Well, my guest is uh, Carolina Ugaz Moran, and uh, she is the author of a new series, The Adventures of Aline, Middle Grade Fantasies, Uh, The first book, which is out and out in paperback, is Aline and the Blue Bottle. Uh, um, I almost called you Aline. Um, Carolina, (laughs) thank you so much for spending this time and and, uh, introducing us to uh, to the world of Aline.
2: Thank you so much, Tom, for having me here. Uh, It's been a pleasure speaking
4: with you. All right. Take care.
2: Have a great day. Bye-bye. Bye bye.
4: And with that, we'll have more of the Tom Sumner program straight Old
3: fashioned
6: Radio for a new generation. The Tom Sumner program.com
5: the Time Summer Program.com The Time Summer Program.com
0: From a Tom
3: And getting back to the lives we love. Discover the facts for yourself at Michigan.gov slash COVIDvaccine. A message from the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services.
7: or call the Flint River Watershed Coalition at 810-767-649. The Time Summer
6: Program. Hey,
0: this is First Ward City Councilman Eric Mays, and you're listening to the Time
6: Summer Program.
4: Hey, welcome back everybody. Yvonne Lewis from Genesee Health Plan is uh, with us again this morning, and she's uh, joining me by phone. Hi, Yvonne, welcome back. Good
5: morning, Tom. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you for having me.
4: And now there was a, a, a big event this last week um, uh, on the 12th. Uh, it was an essay contest ceremony and legislative tribute. What was that all about?
5: Yes, so as we we talked a little bit ago, the Genesee Health Plan sponsored a essay contest for our students in the Flint Genesee area, this county area, to have them talk to their families, which we call our um, Health Heritage Contest. And so the Health Heritage Contest allows students from all over the county to submit an essay to tell us about their family's health history and how they were impacted not only by what they learned from their family health uh, information, but also how did that affect them during the COVID crisis? And we received some amazing uh, essays. And so we were able to award the elementary, middle school, high school students, their awards on last Friday, as well as an opportunity to share a gift card with the teachers who supported their students in making their submission.
4: Well, it's, it's a tremendous program, and I have to share with you, um, a, a, an occasional guest on the show, Bill Carver used to be uh, a legislative aide and uh, counsel for the uh, United States Senate Armed Services Committee, and he's an author now, he's written a couple of books, and he's been on the show, and uh, I think he lives out in Las Vegas now, but he um, was a guest on the show. The last time you were on and you were talking about this program and the young people and their essays and he um, Was listening and and when we did our segment uh, my conversation with him He really ranted about you and Genesee health plan and this particular program. He thought it was the greatest example of getting young people involved and interested in reaching their potential. He just couldn't say enough about it. I thought I'd share that with you.
5: Well, well, thank you so much. And, and so this year, as a matter of fact, we were able for the first time to have a real highlight for uh, the organizers as well as the students because each student received a legislative tribute acknowledging the work that they had done in, in their essays, and just supporting there and encouraging them to move forward. So we were able to have representative Sneller and, uh, and then, uh, Michael Moon, who was the constituent services director for state representative Mike Mueller, who actually came to, to, uh, to provide and give those tributes that on last Friday.
4: Did David Martin so
5: make it? David Martin was unable to make oh, it this darn. time, but we did look forward to him being there.
4: I know he was planning to be there. Um, but what are some of the other things that are that are going on? Let's let's catch up a little bit. Um, you know, there's uh, still vaccine clinics and and testing. There's uh, boosters to be done now. Child uh, children are right, able to right. get vaccines. What's what's happening with that?
5: You're you're right, um, uh, Tom. There's so much going on right now. So. One of the things that we're doing is we're continuing to promote flu vaccinations because we're in flu season and every year the health plan has uh, promoted this program, Be Wise, Immunize, and so it really fits in with the COVID conversation as well. But we're, we're we're still sponsoring throughout our community opportunities for individuals to get the flu vaccine and then the COVID vaccine as well. Many people still have not gotten their first and second doses, which is that, that uh, first step to immunity through the vaccinations for Pfizer and Moderna, and we also have Johnson & Johnson available in our community. Uh, now that we've had over a year, um, almost a year, people getting vaccinated, many people are eligible for a booster, and particularly the booster, there's two, two, two phases. Let me say, first of all, for those individuals who have immune-compromised systems, and they've gotten their first and second dose of the vaccine Pfizer or Moderna and, and J&J, they have one dose of J&J and they have compromised immune system. They're being encouraged to get a third shot uh, because they may need that extra boost in their immunity. For those individuals who are not immune compromised, there now is a booster available through Pfizer. Uh, that is a third of the dose for of uh, the original dose. So they want to ask, we want to encourage people ask, make sure you tell the provider what your situation is so you get the right booster or an actual third dose. And as you mentioned, Tom, it is true that there has been an emergency use authorization approved by the FDA for children 5 to 11. So there are many, many clinics around the community now that are providing opportunity for parents to get their children vaccinated for through uh, the COVID vaccination.
4: And there's also, um, Yvonne, a, uh, a healthcare care uh, open enrollment uh, going on now through January yes. 15. There, there are well, some other the, aspects too um, that that are going on currently, I know, because I just had a, a birthday. I just turned sixty five, and okay, so I've been
5: Medicare open enrollment. <laughs> yeah, and
4: and I've been uh, actually turning to uh, Genesee Health Plan and uh, and and people there for some guidance and navigation as I figure out this whole new chapter in my health care um but that but that's open to a lot of people to explore what's going on with their health care with these these enrollment periods now
5: you're you're absolutely right tom well right now uh, until december 7th so people who are 65 years of age or older uh have the opportunity to to either enroll for the first time in a medicare plan or this is a time that they can change or update their Medicare. So so again, we offer the Genesee health plan because our staff, and the enrollment specialist can enroll you in Medicare as well as Medicaid or if you need the health plan. So please give us a call at 232-7740 if you want just more information and, and need a little bit of guidance. So open enrollment for Medicare, especially those that need those Advantage plans or that additional coverage, this is the time to do that. It is December 7th. is the last day for Medicare open enrollment. Now, on November 1st, the open enrollment for the Affordable Care Act, or which some people are still calling Obamacare, the Affordable Care Act open enrollment began on November 1st and will go through January 15th. So, again, we're encouraging you, if you need to change your provider, this is the time to do that. Is that a lot,
4: Yvonne, I I don't mean to interrupt, but is that November 1st through January 15th, is that an extended enrollment period from what it's been in the past?
5: Uh, Yes, we have a little bit more time. Last year it ended in December. So this year we do have a little bit more time for open enrollment. Uh, so, we do want to encourage people if you, and we really do it as quickly as possible because it just makes sure that your coverage begins right away. So, if you are um, looking for a new physician or new plan, this is the time to do that. One of the things we've discovered over the years is sometimes people are looking for that lower premium and did not take into consideration some of their health care concerns. And maybe it, you pay that little premium but your out of pocket costs were higher so during this open enrollment period you can re evaluate your family health plan your family health history your family health coverage needs give us a call at the health plan and let us help you get a, a, a plan that best fits your family's needs
4: and and uh, one of the great things about the Genesee health plan not not only are you wonderful there at, at helping people navigate through all this complicated health care stuff, but the Genesee Health Plan offers health care coverage to people who fall through the cracks and maybe don't qualify for some of the programs that are enrolling now. Yeah, you're,
5: you're absolutely right, Tom. Uh, and, and again, we always appreciate the voters of Flint, Genesee County. The voters of Genesee County uh, voted to pay a little bit extra in their taxes through a millage, the healthcare services millage, so we can provide this benefit coverage to those individuals who are unemployed. So the Genesee Health Plan is that gap coverage if you are between employment and maybe lost your coverage or if you didn't have enough coverage before, you can call the health plan and find out what your eligibility is, and get enrolled in the health plan. It is just a wonderful benefit. It actually covers practically everything with the exception of hospitalization. So if you need a doctor, if you need prescriptions, you need um, eyeglasses, you can call the health plan, see if you're eligible for the health plan, enroll in the health plan, and
4: get those services
5: available to you.
4: Well, we're really fortunate in in Genesee County to have the Genesee Health Plan. I know I I've been um, a a huge fan, and I've benefited in a number of ways. Uh, Genesee Health Plan, I'll say for full disclosure, is a sponsor of the Tom Sumner program. But I, but me personally, I've been able to call and and get advice and 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 sort through all of the. Uh, complications that that um, filling out forms and knowing what you qualify for and what you don't because the people there are just so knowledgeable. Yvonne, thank you so much for uh, spending some time with me this morning. I appreciate it and I look forward to our that, next conversation. Thank you,
5: Tom, and we appreciate you giving us this opportunity to recognize uh, the Savita Credit Union, the National Center for African-American Health Consciousness and the Gen-C Health Plan for the work that's been done on the Health Heritage Contest and all of the winners that uh, supported this year. We appreciate you for helping us to get that word out.
4: Well, thanks, Yvonne. Keep up the good work. Thank you. That was Yvonne Lewis from the Genesee Health Plan. We're going to take a short break for show ID, but uh, there's lots more of the Tom Sumner program straight ahead, so don't touch that dial, don't click that mouse. There's lots more right after this.